everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 112, your weekly podcast for everything Magic the Gathering related. The crew is joining you as always. Uh, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. How are you, Richard? What's up? Hey, guys. What's going on? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around magic content creator. What's up, Seth? Oh, what's going on, guys? What's going on? And Chaz, uh, your general Magic the Gathering content creator. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. So let's just jump right in. The docket for today, the ban and restricting announcement literally just dropped a few minutes ago, so now we're recording. Uh, no bannings across the board, nothing, no changes to talk about, so that obviously leads to more discussion. Um, we're going to talk about the Channel Fireball Grand Prix exclusivity announcement. Uh, there's a global uh, contract that they made that Channel Fireball is going to be hosting all that, you know, basically has the reins to all the GPs. So we're going to discuss that and the actual announcement, you know, declaring that. Uh, that will bring us to the announcement of the dual deck, uh, Mind vs. Might. We know of the face cards in Gioria and Lavisa. So we're going to discuss a little bit about that. There's just speculation abound as to what is actually in those, you know, in those uh, dual decks. And then we're going to wrap things up on a positive note with Fishmail and the Las Vegas Gold Knights uh, Reduke signing. So that should be interesting as our little uh, our little throw in there. So let's just jump right in. No bannings across the board. Let the hysteria begin. <laughs> Richard, what do you think? Wizards is in a lose-lose situation. No matter what they did today, people like us will be on podcast complaining. <laughs> so no bannings. Bad for standard players, like from a gameplay perspective, I guess. The meta has been pretty stale, and it's going to be like that. Good for collectors slash people who care about the value of their cards. The, their cards aren't going to tank overnight, nothing weird. They don't have to go buy a new standard deck. But it's a bit weird. Like I said in the podcast last week, because they did the bannings the first time around, I expected them to do the banning this time around, given that A, they created a window just to just to add bannings, but B, like, aren't we in the exact same state uh, as before? I guess the only difference is there's no Pro Tour to drum up hype for, so they don't need to mess around with Standard, but it's a bit inconsistent in my mind, but like I said, it's a lose-lose for them. No matter what they did, you'd have people complaining, so I, I guess they did the easy thing and did nothing and have people complain at them as opposed to do a whole bunch of things and have people complain. But yeah, surprised, but I guess not really surprised. So I, I don't know what to make of this. It's just inconsistent, in my opinion, according to what they did before. Right. Seth, weigh in. All right. So I knew going into this announcement that I wasn't going to be happy. Uh, no matter what Wizard said, I was not going to like it there and Richard is exactly right. There was no win-win situation here. I think the most of a win they could have got out of this would maybe be just banning Felidar guardian because they've kind of already said that's a mistake and so forth. So I don't know. Uh, so I knew I was going to be disappointed no matter what. And like Richard, I'm mostly just super confused. I really don't know what wizards is thinking or doing like i i'm a numbers person i've been digging into the metagame numbers and i just can't make sense of how if two months ago that format was so bad they needed to ban cards from all three of the biggest decks this format is 
good enough that you don't have to do that. Because by the numbers, if anything, this format is even more just three decks and you can't play anything else than the format was two months ago when we had Smuggler's Copter and Emrakul and so forth. It's less diverse now than it was back then. So I just don't really understand if they are going to say we would have banned Collected Company if we were banning things a year ago like we are now and they were gonna ban all these cards two months ago i don't understand the no changes announcement unless it's really just the pro tour thing and they know they have another band announcement in a month so we get to go through this all over again a month from now because the format's not going to change like it's set in stone it's going to be mardu vehicles it's going to be um the sahili decks maybe there's a chance that amonkhet can shake something up i guess maybe that's what wizards is betting on and they know the set more than we do because we don't know anything right now but i think there's a really good chance that five weeks from now we're going through this same process over again. Yeah, I guess I'm not really surprised. And, you know, everyone's kind of all over the place. And I think we have to kind of bring it back that we had it's this is I mean, overall, this this entire thing is a give and take. And at this point, because we're a little bit to blame and they're I guess they have their big share of the blame, too. But but they they've admitted the fact that, listen, the the design you know these past you know few sets or what have you and just the way this has been going kind of got away from us and they admitted that so it's either it's up to the players to either a accept that fact and let them kind of do what they need to do in in terms of bannings and you just you know you just wrote an article actually Seth before we started recording I didn't get a chance to read it so you might want to go into that um or you know, because we can't have it both ways. We can't just not let them do anything and just, you know, have them, I guess, afraid to pull the trigger on everything because then the backlash is, is well, you know, the, the consumer, the kind of consumer confidence isn't there and all our cards are getting banned and there's nothing worth pulling out of a pack. I mean, there has to be something to give in order for us to get back to parity here because we're just we're just going to be in this flux of every five weeks there's just this mass hysteria because we don't know what's going on and we, you know, expecting bands. We're not expecting bands. And this has never been like this. I can't remember a time where it's been like this, where it's been this bad that it's just hysteria, like just hysteria every time these ban restricted announcements come out. And they're in a lose lose, like Rich said, uh, Richard said. It, it's a lose lose scenario because they do nothing. People don't want to play standard. They do something. People don't want to play standard. I, I don't know what you do. You just back into a corner on rid of all other formats. So people have to play standard, right? (laughs) I I guess. Right. (laughs) I I mean, they set themselves up for this last bandings, right? Before no one expected anything to be banned, right? The, The status quo was we leave standard alone and let things play out. But because they banned Emrakul last time, now there's the expectation that as soon as your standard is not quote unquote perfect, bannings will happen left and right. Right. And I originally said before that, you know, I, I expected I didn't want them to do anything. You know, I like Wizards hands off approach. But given that they opened Pandora's box and, you know, they're doing this. In hindsight, I think they should have definitely banned something. We talked last week about how, uh, you know, too much data in the community is uh, leading to solved formats. If they ban something that this BNR, there is no pro tour to solidify the meta. Maybe you actually do have a Brewer's Paradise until Almancat comes out just because you don't have the pros solving the format. 
So this kind of was the perfect time to experiment. Uh, but you know, maybe the risk to consumer confidence was too high. They didn't want to take it. But why go through the trouble of adding this thing if you're not going to execute it? Like, how bad does standard have to be for them to do a mid-season banning? So, yeah, I'm confused. And yeah, I, yeah. I feel for store owners. Like, what are who's going to go to F and M now? Right? Like, we talked about store owners last week, and if you're running an LGS, like, who's going to show up? To now, <laughs> right? If it was already bad, geez. The, yeah. The the, the big argument that I am going to agree with. And you touched on this a little bit, Seth, and even before we started recording, is the consistency. And and you even mentioned it too, Richard. If you're going to open the Pandora's box and you're going to ban something, then at least be consistent about it. I don't I can't say for sure if they never banned Emrakul, Smuggler's Copter, and uh Reflector Mage that we're we got to this point because of that. Like, we're never gonna know if they just continued on suppressing everything in the format maybe we wouldn't have even seen mardu vehicles the green black deck and jess guide decks because why would anyone play that when you could just play Emrakul? so i i no one can really say for certain that you know oh it's worse now like you wouldn't have known if they didn't do anything that you we'd still be complaining about Emrakul, right so they kind of did something about it then they didn't want to get too like hung up on all these bannings so i think that's why they kind of stayed home on this one and now everyone's just complaining, oh, well, it's worse now. But I do expect the consistency. You're right. I think the argument, just the, just the argument on consistency is, is in fact valid because, you know, how do you not ban something and then ban something? Like, what, what's, what are we doing here? Maybe it's a positive thing. Maybe they open Pandora's box. Everyone complains. So here they are. They're trying to jam the lid back on. Yeah, people are still people are complaining, like, why, why are you trying to close the lid now? But, like, maybe they're trying to go back to the norm. And, you know, pretend these bannings never happened and just, like, go back to status quo before Emrakul bannings. So, you know, may maybe they listen to feedback and say, you know, people's confidence in their collections and stuff. And given that we're no better off now, maybe we shouldn't have banned Emrakul to begin with. And let's just not do anything and then we'll wait it out to Omnicap. So maybe this is a sign of them taking feedback and doing something about it. You know, maybe this is a good thing in general. Uh, yeah, I, maybe, I don't know. I think for me, the underlying problem is like the same stuff we've been talking about for a while, as far as the development and design of standard formats in general, like that's what I think is leading to all these problems. And that's kind of what my article was about. Like whether or not they banned anything, I don't think it was going to fix standard and make it more diverse in like a better format. Like maybe it would have some slight impact but the bigger problem is the same stuff not having good answer cards pushing like flavor mechanics and cards like vehicles because you got to have them be really good to market and sell the set and like those are the things that i think are need to be solved and need to be fixed so we're not running into this problem every band list and i will say oh, i'm not a big fan of the second band window like i really think if I think that's part of what's creating the expectation. Yes. Like you can't be like, oh, we're going to uh, we're going to ban all these standard cards, which doesn't happen. It's like once a generation, every five or six years, we <laughs> have a standard banning and we're going to have more band announcements for some unknown reason. But 
don't get your hopes up that we're going to ban anything. Like you can't do that and then expect the community to be like, oh, we're probably never going to ban standard cards again. If that's not in the back of your head, at least, why are we having more banning announcements and why did you just ban all these cards in standard? So I think Wizards kind of dug their own hole as far as creating these expectations. I really think that adding that second announcement is a big part of why there was so much of an expectation that something would happen this time. Yeah, I mean, it, let's just say they didn't even ban Emrakul, uh, Smuggler's Copter, and Reflector Mage. You don't make that kind of announcement without, like, raising some eyebrows. It's like, well, well what does that mean? Do you feel like you need to ban something now? So I, I do think it's it's leading to a lot of this hysteria. But the problem is I think it's just the ban culture in general has gotten way out of control. I mean, for a long time now i don't ever remember this being a huge issue where we're all sitting here like frantically hitting the f5 key to see what they're banning i mean it's just i don't know when this started maybe a couple years ago but i i just never remember this being it being at this bad before because you know i always kind of felt that they knew, really knew what they were doing and i still think they know what they're doing i know it's an unpo unpopular you know position to have these days but they kept the game going along well this long you know people are never going you know there's just some people that are never going to agree what they do they're not going to accept the fact that they made a mistake i mean really what we're what are we doing are we just going to keep harping on the fact that they made a mistake or are we going to or do we have to collectively accept that you know we have to let them try to fix it or do we because we can't have everything we can't have again it just goes back to my original you know, stance on this is we can't have these cards have value. And what people realize is when they ban cards, other cards gain value. We can't have, you know, a broken. So what do you want? You want your cards to retain value? Do you want a broken format? And obviously the answer is both where you want a good format and cards that have value, but they made a mistake. Okay. So we have to try to get out of that mindset of continuing to live in that space. And we have to have to move on or we're just going to keep, sitting every one of these ban announcement, you know, hoping or anticipating that they're going to do something when maybe they just didn't have to in the, in, from the start. So maybe they can, again, this is the part of the problem that they, they've kind of did this to themselves too. I want to see wizards fix the mistake. Like that's what, and I know it's going to take time, but if we're still having this conversation about not having answers and like, uh, or do we have to ban these overpowered cards a year from now? then I think we have a really serious issue. So that's kind of what I'm waiting for. I understand that it's going to take time for them to fix the problems in design and development that are leading to this hysteria about bannings and this very lacking in diversity standard format. But I want to start seeing steps in that direction. Like if not in Amonkhet block by this fall, when we start seeing stuff come out, like I want to see, some action there that things are actually changing as far as how the magic sets themselves are. It all depends how far along they are. And we all, we kind of know that from, for, you know, from history that they're probably what a year ahead. So you're not going to see it suddenly change until like what this time next year. So if the, if the next two blocks are locked in, there's no way that's going to change. So I think people just, they're impatient and they're not letting them try to at least try to fix the problems that they've created for themselves because it's just a constant battle back and forth between us as the players wanting our value and this, that, and the other thing and not a stale standard and, you know, all these things. And 
you know, they made a mistake inherently with the design. So that's going to, and I think we've talked about this to like ad nauseum that it's going to affect some things that it's going to have to get worse before it gets better. I keep saying that, but no one seems to kind of grasp that, that concept that the design is already locked in for a, a little while. So we're not going to see. Maybe these. that's the problem. I mean, you're telling me I got to get punched in the face before it gets better. And I'm like, yes. yo, I don't want to get punched in the face, man. <laughs> right? But well, that, I mean, it's, it's never, it's not like it's never happened before in any other game. I mean, it happens in other games. Here's the problem, right? We keep taking this one or two year development cycle as the norm. Maybe that's the problem. No matter what happens, they're so slow to react to anything that happens in the real world because of their super long development cycle. Maybe they need to speed that stuff up. Think of any other game. A patch is released. They go into like a one month development cycle and they fix it. Why yeah. does Wizards need like two years? It's a physical product I understand, but are you telling me they can't get that down any faster? You know, is this just an inherent problem of having a paper game, right? And if it is, that kind of sucks because I can just play these digital games that don't have that problem, right? So yeah. maybe the the thing we should be harping on is Wizards should get their development cycle down to six months or whatever. Maybe right. have the ability to add cards to the next set really late in their cycle. So that they can actually react to this user feedback, we don't have to wait, you know, two years to, you know, get the changes or whatever that we're asking for right now. So may maybe that paper part of it is actually the thing that's causing all these problems. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I think we were leading to is that that maybe has to change for other things to change, and who knows when that when that comes in effect. So because it wasn't that long ago that we we changed to that two block cadence, and everyone everyone loved it. I still think it's a great idea for the two block cadence but the unfortunate byproduct of that were, which we're seeing now is that they're all they're not designed to like play along with one another like they're all standalone two set blocks that are like every time we move to a new block it's like a very self-contained two set block that barely utilizes any of the other cards in any of the other sets so it's like we move from one set to another or one block to another rather you know, we get delirium and these things, and then we move on to Kaladesh. So it's almost like, it, it, it's almost like uh, Shadows Over Innistrad block could have like rotated. There's only like one very strong ability that's like left over. So maybe that's a part of the problem too. Is that and that it's just a blend of all these things coming together. And then unfortunately, I yeah, the, I mean the players are stuck what stuck left holding the bag with these cards, and we're like, what's going on? Well, I mean, I don't know. What do you want them to do? I mean, it's a mistake and it's going to take a lot of effort to either you either fix it now or you let it ride and or you could have just let it ride and then maybe it just fixes itself in a year. But how do you just let it sit for a year? And that's the thing, like when it comes right down to it, magic is a game and people play it to have fun. And it's a really tough sell to be like, you're not going to have fun for the next year, but don't worry, we'll fix it. Like that's, uh, you know, why wouldn't you just play another game that you were in actually having fun with? And I think we've seen a lot of people tweeting that have been going to GPs saying, uh, literally I've played 28 out of 29 matches were against either the Mardu deck or against four color Sahili 28 out of that's across like two GPs, every single round, the same deck. Yeah. And I think that that's not fun for a lot of people. Like, I think part of what makes magic fun is having some amount of diversity. And I just, I don't know if wizards can say, just hold on. We'll fix this in a year or two. Cause I don't know if people are, patient enough to keep playing a game that they might not be having that much fun with for that long of a period of time. 
But then ha- that, then they ban, and then we snag them with the whole, well, no one's going to play anymore because the, all these cards get banned. Yeah, I think it's better like this. Like like Chaz just said, like, okay, I'll just go play Modern for six weeks until Nicobolas comes and saves Standard, you know, as opposed to getting totally pissed at Magic and selling my collection, cashing out, and then playing Hearthstone or Shadowverse or, you know, what, what have you, right? So this is bad, but it... It could be a lot worse, right? Uh, you know, unfortunately, modern has been scaled back a bit. Like, you know, this would be a great time for a modern event, and everyone get hyped for modern. Modern matches 2017, play it for six weeks, and then Amonkhet comes out. So, I think that's the ideal scenario. Still sucks <laughs> if your FNM is like standard FNM. No one's gonna be there. You have no place to go. Stores are suffering, but at least you still have avenues to play Magic. Right. Frontier is also an interesting option, which kind of disappeared with the Modern Masters hype. But you could take your standard deck to Frontier and actually play. We have other formats. So hopefully Magic players go there, kind of like migrate down south for the winter and then come back as opposed to just <laughs> leaving the country altogether and saying, screw this, I'm moving to the Caribbean. I like that analogy. <laughs> so question for both of you. Did Wizards make a mistake by walking back the quicker rotation like is that part of what's happening now we thought battle for zendikar black was going to be rotating with Cat. like uh, the meta would definitely be shaken up because of a rotation is that a mistake in hindsight to switch back from the quicker rotation yes i do think so but again you know they're just trying to they're trying to accommodate players and sometimes you get it wrong by doing that and sometimes you get it right it's just one of those things where i think sometimes you have to kind of just stay on course and do your thing like you have to do what's best for the game and again no other big game companies just do this like they they listen to maybe you know the top one percent of who actually plays their game which is a you know prominent of itself that i was going to bring up that you know everyone really can't agree what to do so you kind of just have to, you know, stay on course. And I do think they should have kept the the faster rotation that that might have, you know, avoided a lot of these problems that, you know, maybe these cards just weren't designed to be played with each other. And that's true. I mean, from a gameplay gameplay perspective, I don't think anyone would ever argue against faster rotation. But there's also the collector slash finance perspective. And my guess is that's what caused them to roll it back to begin with. And they're saying that one outweighs the gameplay in terms of what keeps the player base happy. So I don't know, I guess, right? But gameplay, definitely you want the faster rotation. I can't imagine a standard that's so good that you're like, give me, give me, you know, two more years of this. No one ever <laughs> says that, right? Everyone's like, when's rotation? Show me yeah. rotation. Yeah. Great Not next, but I'm ready anyway. for the next new thing. Give me the hype, right? You're absolutely right, Richard. I mean, it, it hasn't been like that for quite some time. I'll say that. Like, I don't think it's ever been like that. No, there's a few times where it's been really good. Where you were so good that you sighed at, you know, oh, new set, oh, new spoilers. Why? Why? (laughs) Just let me keep playing my standard. Like, who says that, right? No matter how good standard is, you want the new sets. Like, if you could have just froze standard, I guess, in a couple instances, I guess it would have been really good if they could just, like, keep it that way. Or you go to Amonkhet and see the Egyptian gods. Or you can go to Thera. You know, whatever, right? Like, the the allure of new and better things is always there. Obviously, yeah. To close this on a positive note from my perspective, the good thing about 
standard in about magic is there is always a new set release on the horizon and in the next four months or something which is a relatively short period of time we're gonna get two new sets in the format and then in six months or so we're gonna have a rotation and things are definitely gonna change so even though standard is not really exciting for me at the moment i am happy to know that things will be changing soon and that's the that's the good part so just because things are bad now doesn't mean they will be bad forever yeah you want me to you want me to end it on even a more positive note than that is <laughs> no matter how bad standard gets is there's always an against the odds deck to bring um <laughs> That's that's true. There you that's go. Looking on the bright just, side. Hey, we should get a montage of oh, and we scoop this Healy. Oh, <laughs> oh. the Guardian. <laughs> I, I would, I would be really curious to hear from people who are listening what their F and M's are like. Like, I know the GP meta to me looks really miserable, but I've been having a lot of fun playing against the odds decks and budget decks because there's a lot of cool stuff that isn't just uh, isn't quite good enough, but is. Uh, competitive enough that you can play it for fun. So is your FNM like the GPs? Are you just playing the same two decks, Mardu and Sahili over and over and over? Or is it more diverse kind of at a, a, a semi-competitive FNM level than it is at the GP level where it's just all about being a spike and winning? I got bad news for you, Seth. We're not going to get any answers because no one's going to No, but seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so where I play... So the, the tables are numbered, so I can actually tell how many people are playing. So first, oh. there there's a standard, uh, there's a draft event, and then a standard event, and then modern. So I always play modern. So, you know, where modern starts is how popular the first two formats are. During the Emrakul Copter era, they, they were down to like seven and eight players. And this was a place that seats like 200 or so players. Uh, so Emrakul era was pretty low. Uh, last week at FNM, there were like maybe 10, 15 standard players, you know, so, and, you know, we typically get like 30, 30, 40 modern players or 15, 15 to like 30 modern players. So standard has definitely been bad. Uh, I've seen it a lot higher and this is a pretty big store. This is Channel Fireball. So, you know, I know that people are not happy with standard just based on seeing uh, who's showing up and who's playing. And I can't imagine it getting better. I think a lot of players are we're holding out hope, and you know they, they see that there there's no announcement, and then uh, they'll just move to either limited or modern or not come at all. So but, yeah, do you think overall attendance is down? Does standard being standard is definitely down. But I mean, like, are there less people in general? You said there's multiple events. Do those people just? play modern or does do a significant amount just not play magic period? i haven't seen too much fresh blood in modern so it's it looks like they're just not showing up <sighs> right because i'm not i'm not meeting people and like hey i haven't seen your face here before and like yeah i just moved into modern uh, and, the bubble right? was, and the bubble was bursted <laughs> but it's also because we're pre mm3 so maybe right. everyone's waiting till march 17 to hop into That's, modern yeah so that's that saving is also their money possibility <laughs> for those $45 drafts. But but definitely, and then the store is also super spiky, which uh, you would expect people to play this perfect trifecta format, you know, of like, I'll have the perfect green black deck and I'll grind you out. But apparently they're not interested. So it's it's pretty interesting. And 
you know, I feel for the local, you know, mom and pop store with like actual like eight people at FNM. If you have four people not show up, like half your attendance is gone, right? So, and are you really going to show up to like a three player FNM event or will you just go to your friend's house and play some magic at that <gasps> point, right? So that that's where my concern is uh, with this attendance issue. So one last question. The next ban in restricted announcement comes after Amonkhet spoilers, but before Amonkhet actually enters the format. So about five weeks from now, I think. Are you expecting changes for that? The the classic shake up the pro tour changes or uh, what's your expectation moving forward for band announcements? We had crazy one last time. Nothing this time. What do you think's happening in five weeks? Bannings. Yeah, I think what we would have expected now is probably they they can't they can't go that long again without you know doing something. I think we're back to the modern pro tour, right? Anytime there's a pro tour, yeah, actually, stuff, you're right. Right? Yeah. Like we need a we need some numbers. We need people to watch their TVs. Just ban some random stuff. Doesn't matter what it is. Just anything. Uh, I think modern is a very good example. This like literally nothing changed in modern. But all of a sudden, like Death Shadow is all over the place, right? Because, you know, something happened, people saw this card again, and then now everyone wants to brew with it, and it's in like literally every deck imaginable. So all you need to do is just, you know, poke standard a little bit, and then it'll, it'll, it'll ruffle itself up. So I think yeah. they definitely will do something just for the Pro Tour. At least until their design is back on track. All right. Uh, I think that was a really good discussion, and... I'm sure it will come up again. So, nope. <laughs> just listen. We got standard existence. Never happened. Uh, What's that format? Yeah. It's only there's only modern in this legacy format. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we're like two weeks away oh. from the start of Amonkhet spoilers. So yeah. if you're if you're looking for something to keep yourself occupied, Modern Masters this weekend will be the focus. Then we have more spoilers in two weeks. So there's always something happening. I'm really pumped for Amonkhet. I keep saying that, but yeah. So that uh, that will at least distract people enough. And then we're back to the hysteria again. Oh, I can't. I can't do this. Like I don't have the nerves. It's just crazy. Um, all right. So let's talk about the Channel Fireball, the Grand Prix exclusive uh, announcement. So just run us through that a little bit, Seth. Uh, well, basically, in the past, GPs were run by a smorgasbord of different TOs, often uh, local or somewhat local to where the GP was being held. Going forward, starting next year, every GP, every place in the world will be run by Channel Fireball. So that's kind of the long and the short of it. Obviously, this is bad for other tournament organizers who uh, no longer have tournaments to organize good for channel fireball but probably the more interesting aspect is is this a good or bad thing for the players i think that's the big question so that's what i want to hear from you guys i mean there's good things and bad things out of this uh good things are that because they're handling all the grand prix they have economies of scale now so they can do things better you know anything they learn they can apply in general people have been happy with how uh, CFB runs events and how they do coverage. So that's a positive part of it. You know, by wrapping everything up here, uh, you know, it'll be good. Uh, there are bad things with this. So A, it's a monopoly. You're not going to have anyone competing with them to in, you know, improve the 
experience, right? We are, we're already seeing $100 Grand Prix. So is that the norm now? Well, there's no one to buck the trend and lower it. It's whatever Channel Fireball decides. They could actually just jack it up to $200 if they felt like it, and you can't do anything about it. This is for all Grand Prix, international included. What does Channel Fireball know about running you know, European events or Latin America events or whatever? Uh, they're probably going to subcontract it out to local companies. And then you have this weird kind of information flow between Channel Fireball and then the actual organizers, and that could lead to issues. And I guess the third thing is kind of the conflict of interest. You know, now when you have a team Channel Fireball player, are you going to put them on the feature match? Probably. Are you going to unfairly put them on the feature match versus another pro-sponsored team? I don't know who's going to call that out. And you have this weird conflict of interest where they're A, selling cards, B, sponsoring pro players, and then now they're also running the Grand Prix. Uh, you know, this existed before for the events they ran, but now they're just running all of them. So they, they can emphasize that as well. So there are positives and negatives. I, I'm not sure how I actually feel about this. I, I, I think it's going to be overall negative. Uh, I, I don't see Channel Fireball doing like crazy innovative things now that they, they got all the Grand Prix. What I do see is things like prices keep going up and you can't, you don't have anyone to come in and, and try to hold a better event to spark innovation. So whenever we go to a monopolistic thing, I tend to be worried. I, I'd rather have multiple people competing, uh, kind of edging each other out and improving stuff. So I think overall it's negative, but it's not like the sky is falling. I think there are positives and negatives uh, to this deal. We didn't actually get to see the contract, right? No. We know nothing about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's hard to say what we're going to expect without seeing exactly what the terms are because there might be some some pricing you know things written in there that they can't go ever over x or it has to be like you know the same overall cost so i i don't know from that standpoint yeah i mean i never really like to hear the word monopoly but and it, and it really does suck for the the few tos that were actually really good i know there was a few of them that people were genuinely you know, good with, and they liked their their performance and how they handled these GPs. But the, I think the real fact of it is, is that a lot of them really didn't step up, and I, I think it kind of just ruined it for you know the very select few that you know people were cool with. And you know, I don't I don't see CFB suddenly making it worse, but you're you're kind of right on that aspect that sudden I don't think they're suddenly going to do anything better because of this now. So. I, again, I have to see a little bit more, and we have to, you know, see how this plays out. But I mean, I, I think overall, it contrary to what's been said, I think it's going to be a good thing because, I mean, every time CFB is has hosted one of these GPs, it's been really positive. The coverage has been really great; it has greatly improved. Whereas, you know, other we don't really get any coverage, so there is that aspect. I'm pretty confident that it's a good thing. I have to imagine and this is just my speculation but i imagine that part of the benefit of this is it's going to give wizards more control over the pricing i would be really surprised if 
there wasn't some sort of agreement between Wizards and Channel Fireball about the price moving forward? Because that's one of the big concerns I heard from people is, well, if if Channel Fireball runs all the GPs, theoretically, they could just say, hey, GPs are $500 now. And if you want to play a GP, you got to pay it because there's no other option. So I would imagine that Wizards had some sort of agreement about the pricing. And the good news is Channel Fireball has put on really great coverage lately they've really massively improved to the point where i think they do the best coverage in the entire community like as far as their overall presentation they don't have the downtime uh, no one matches uh cedric and patrick as far as just on air commentary team but as far as the overall coverage it's really good so i think that helps with the making magic and esport and standardization has a lot of benefits like you should be able to expect the same standard of excellence at every GP now where before ah, there were some pretty sketchy ones and some like Chaz said some good TOs but also somewhere if you heard a certain TO was running an event you kind of thought twice about going just because of the TO so I'm hopeful that it's a good thing for players but we do have to wait and see till we have all the information about the contract yeah maybe it actually is a win-win um you know we have the com- the competition from the SEG tour to prevent, you know, kind of like weird monopoly things going on. Like, you know, if SEG events are way better, why go to a Grand Prix? Uh, so we still have competition, but at the same time, you do have that standardization. You still have that economies of scale working for CFB. Uh, so maybe the existence of SEG makes this a win-win. Uh, you know, so I don't know. Maybe Seth just convinced me in his like two-minute speech. <laughs> and the other thing is- <laughs> well, we we've also seen this in economics before. I mean, it's not like out of the question that, you know, this could be a good thing. And it's not like the true monopoly, you know, where you have like a monopoly of like electricity or something like that. And I mean, also like Wizard still is in charge. So it, like right. if Channel Fireball like isn't doing Wizard stuff, there's no reason they couldn't fire Channel Fireball and give or when the contract ends and give it to SCG or another TO if Channel Fireball really wasn't holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah, but that would be like a year from now. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's she's going to live through a year of terrible Grand Prix, right? Uh, hey, well, that's just because of the product, right? Standard. We were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so no one's going to show up anyway. Turns out Grand Prix are canceled next year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I did look at this, I, my initial reaction was positive, though. I mean, I can understand the the concerns, but I, I am leading towards, you know, I mean, CFB just has come out way ahead of the rest so yeah i don't see how this is going to be a problem yeah i don't know what this means for scg it seems Mm -hmm. like uh channel fireball's kind of the golden boy of magic stores now you know by running all the grand prix and associating their brand with it it's kind of like being the official sponsor of the nfl you're the official sponsor of magic now because you run (laughs) all the grand prix you're on the floor you get to buy list everything you get the biggest vendor booth Etc. So I don't know what this means to the the power of the big two stores, but this seems like a big power move for Channel Fireball. And you know, given that the SCG tour was on the verge of being canceled before, uh, I don't know what this means. It's it's pretty interesting. We need a Netflix series about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's move on. Um, to kind of move uh, the the last segment of this in the positive direction, uh, the dual decks were released. Uh, Mind vs. Might. We had the two uh, face cards in Giora and Lavisa. 
Um, so what did you guys think? All right. How do you pronounce this girl's name? <laughs> Joyra? Uh, Jora? Jora. Is, Jora? Is that, I don't know. Is that confirmed? Or is, are we guessing? I, I have no idea. Jora. She's a beloved character, but I read the book not knowing how to pronounce her name the entire time. <laughs> and we're going to get butchered in the comments. Uh, yeah, someone, oh, yeah. That's, that's someone that's will let us know how to say it's it. It's Astral Vision or no? I guess that's the only thing anyone cares about this product. Joyra no. is a suspend related card. Are we getting ancestral vision or not? Errant, errant ephemeron. I bet you that's in there, but no, oh. we're not getting, <laughs> we're not getting ancestral. Uh, no, it's never happened before that wizards what? has put a card of that value into a dual deck. The one argument I see is they put a ton of value more so than any other set into modern masters 2017. So maybe that's the, the new norm and they're just going to, print all these high value cards like crazy but my expectation is no we don't see anything like that i'll tell you what you put i, I i'm leaning towards ancestral visions because that's going to sell a lot of mine versus might uh packages that's for sure because i mean really what happens is that that's part of the problem is that i mean at least as far as i can remember i mean there was a few decent ones but uh, more often than not these are just not that good right there's like a lot of chafe in there like there's not there's a lot of jank in there i mean the 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 promos are beautiful and you know magali and and anna were two really good candidates to to, to make this you you have two of uh, you know you have two, two female artists creating the two promos i mean everyone was great that's great um everyone has a right to be you know has a good reason to be really happy about that and um they're incredible but the fact is like you know, I guess it all depends on the timing, right? Because right before they unbanded, the card was like 10 bucks. So, I mean, they could have tagged this for a year from now where they're like, all right, we'll just put it in that dual deck that's coming up. And it was like, yeah, it's like 10 bucks, probably going to increase, but we could just throw it in this one dual deck and it will sell the dual deck and we can get that reprinting in there. I guess the one other thing you could say it has going for it is neither of the face cards have any value. Like, at least when you get a Planeswalker deck, like a Johnny right. versus Nicole Bolas, at least they're like five or ten bucks. So they're going to probably have to put something of value in there because neither of the face cards really are worth anything. Whether they're willing to go so far as to put what is Ancestral now? 50? Is it still 50 bucks? Yeah, I think it's like 40 bucks, but for like no reason, though. Literally, like I can't see a reason for it. It's not even like a super staple that's like in all these blue decks. I don't even think it breaches the top 50. Yeah, it's, it's <sighs> 50 bucks. It's like so Bitter like, Blossom, Phyrexian Obliterator, just like super expensive for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> because people uh, remember the glory day. They're like, that's, that's basically Ancestral Recall, right? <laughs> I mean, it does see play in modern. It's not as dominant as people were worried when it got unbanned. But I don't know. At 50 bucks, it seems like more like a conspiracy modern masters level card to me than something you put in a dual deck. Yeah. Again, it, it would be interesting to see kind of when the development of this took place, because at one point, I mean, for a long time, it was like five to 10 bucks. I guess that was because it was always banned, but I mean, it's really not even played anywhere else. Not even like EDH or anything. Shardless. You uh, cascaded to it. So good. <laughs> Yeah, is it? I I don't even remember if it's played in. Is it played in Shardless? That's the whole point of the deck. Oh right, <laughs> that's the whole. Well, point what of was the I deck. thinking of then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Of, oh, um, 
actually, do we know when the next announcement day is? Where they dump on us? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was Isn't around this time, time, wasn't it? The, was it the end of the month? I feel like it was the end of this month. Okay. I always remember it being that. Because I think that actually plays into my expectations. Uh, we'll see. Like, it's not impossible yeah. that we have a conspiracy or something this summer. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing, like, there, the, there was, like, two sides of the argument. The one argument is, like, you are right. When you look at Modern Masters, the, the recent one, like, anything's possible because they jammed so much good stuff in there. And then I was, like, super into the Ancestral Visions in there because it really would be a good card to put in there to re- not A, to reprint, two, to sell these things. But then uh, I, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but then we're like, you know, it could just be like Greater Garganon. And I was like, Err! I like pumped the brains and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> that's actually like that works. And that's much worse. But I could see that <laughs> Greater Garganon is sneakily expensive now, too. It's like, oh, what is that? Like, it's like back bucks? up to six, seven bucks. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's exactly the type of card you would put in this product. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, no. You're like, look, it's Greater a 9-7. I don't know what it is, a 9-7? Oh. Whatever, yeah. giant. Yeah, it's a 9-7. Weird oh. mechanics, right? Like, yeah, let's do it. It's a, as opposed to, oh, draw three cards. Like, I'm just going to draw three underpowered cards. Why do I care? <laughs> and and it, it does kind of combo with Joria really well, too, since you get less suspend counters, but you can still sack stuff. So it's like a, they got to have Raider Gargadon in there. But yeah, now that if they have greater Gargonon, then there's no way Visions in there. Oh man, you ruined it. What and what's that? I feel like this is from Time Spiral. What's that? Uh, what's that? Um, it's like a Manta like Cloudscape. Is it Riftwing Cloudscape? Is that the one? Yeah, that'll be. They're gonna there. have all that. Yeah, they're gonna have all that junk in there. Oh, Cloudscape's sweet. Yeah, I but, love that card. It bounces something. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't that in Jace vs. Chandra? Yeah, and uh, the Modern Masters, I believe. Oh, man. Had to put well, Visions oh, in there. Oh, uh, well. So, so, since we're on happy topics, did you guys <laughs> happen to see the reduke thing this week? Yeah, actually. So, we were going to talk just about... I was just about to switch gears into that. So, uh, I don't know anything about hockey, so I'm going to get destroyed by some people that are hockey fans that listen to this cast. Uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights signed a their, I guess their first player, Reed Duke. <laughs> so I guess that's why it was trending all over the weekend. Uh, and from what you guys are telling me, this is an expansion team, and they're going to be like they just got put into place. You guys know a lot more about this than I do. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they they started a new hockey team, and I also know nothing about hockey. Uh, but. Apparently, the first player they signed is named Reed Duke. And the best part is uh, the Reed Duke of hockey apparently is not very well known or popular Has like a thousand Twitter followers or something. But everyone who wanted to congratulate Reed Duke assumed that it was magic player Reed Duke because he has the <laughs> Reed Duke Twitter handle. So I think Reed Duke of magic literally had to go off of Twitter for a while because he was getting so many notifications of people mistyping his Twitter handle as Reed Duke trying to get to the hockey player. <laughs> Oh, man. Reed Duke needed to verify his Twitter account before this. Now I don't know how they're going to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, how how much do you feel for this guy? He's like, I made it. I made it to the pros. I'm a pro hockey player. (laughs) And then there's this guy that plays magic cards. You know, the the nerd he probably beat up in school, even though Reed Duke is actually a pretty big dude in wrestles. (laughs) You know, it's like, this guy is more famous than me. Why? (laughs) 
It's like his his pro his pro Twitter pers- persona is like shattered here because he's being outclassed by a guy that plays cardboard card games for uh, for children. I, I wonder if they should just embrace this and like on the 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 hockey player's profile, it's like I'm not the Magic the Gathering player, like in their bio. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Las Vegas Golden Knights sponsors an MTG team, and then they can oh. have two Reed Dukes on their roster? Interesting. This, I think, this probably will be the only time where it's like the Magic player. It's like more more famous than the actual sports player. And until hey, a, man. until a Luis Scott Vargas gets a signed yes. to play soccer or something, then then it's like, yeah, man, you're, you're not. You're not uh, as famous, <laughs> dude. So I'm sure there's like a Michael Jordan who plays Magic somewhere. <laughs> we, we just need said Michael Jordan to win a pro tour. <laughs> yeah, we need we need a we need not only they have to win a pro tour, they have to win six consecutive pro tours. <laughs> um, yeah, let's 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 uh, tackle some fish mail. Let's let's do it. All right. So if you have questions you want us to answer, tweet the hashtag MTGFishmail at MTGGoldfish on Twitter, and we'll get to your questions on air. From Epic Pug, what are the best ways to convert $1 to $5 standard paper rares from Battle for Zendikar slash Shadows of Innistrad into cards, credit, cash as rotation approaches? Um, well, first, I would... In terms of the, it depends on a how many you have. I'm assuming you'll have a lot. So, the best thing to do, no matter what you do, is to keep it in the in the one spot. Um, you know, piecemealing it out for the like best, you know, percentage, you know, credits is is fine. You just have to kind of, you know, weigh your time to do that. Uh, first, I would take it to your local game store, see what they give you. You know. If you feel like they're kind of extremely low-balling you, then I would take it to one of the bigger stores, like you know, online, like uh, Card Kingdom, um, AB, you know, ABU, Channel Fireball, Star City, any of those, um, and just see what what the best deal is on that. But but keep it into one store. I do think it's the easiest in terms of just shipping um, and just in terms of your time management that you keep it to one of those big stores. But take it to your local gaming store first. See what they offer you. Yeah. Also worth noting that if you know you're getting other cards, you definitely get more money if you take a store credit option from the big buy list. You can get an extra 20, 25% from some places. So if you know you're just going to buy more cards with that money, definitely consider doing that from one of the, the big vendors if you go that route. All right. Next question from Lol Goldsteel. I'm having trouble finding a deck that suits me in modern. Looked at a bunch, but nothing speaks to me any advice wow Ooh. uh so it's, it's kind of hard to gauge this like wh- what this person even likes doing yeah, b- based on your username you seem to like gold steel no <laughs> I, I would uh <laughs> proxy up a whole bunch of decks and just play them out and then because you're proxying them they're not going to cost you anything you know just just write on get some basic lands write out the cards and then play test them and see what decks you like best because the decks in modern are wildly different, and you get a different experience playing uh, each different deck. So I would take the time before you drop, you know, five hundred plus dollars on a deck. And the great thing about modern is there's a ton of decks, so just keep cycling through them, and sooner or later you'll find one that that fits what you want to be doing. 
Yep. All right. Next question from from Mao Moru Moru Morua. Considering Bless the Lions, would you think twice before sending a message with Birds of Paradise? Uh, I guess it depends on the scenario, but a lot of decks, I think I'm happy if I can trade a Birds. I mean, if you're mana screwed or something, but <laughs> most of the time I'm fine with trading a Birds for a Blessed Alliance, I think. Are you really? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my Birds terminated or something. I, I, I'm not one of those people that attacks with the Birds. I don't. I don't want anything to happen to it. At least until like it's on my terms. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You're, you're sending a. You're doing it wrong. You're sending a message. Okay, it doesn't what matter is, what how is much it sets you back. You're sending a message. So yes, right into that blessed alliance. Yeah, what, is that message you lose? I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> it's about sending a message. It's All not right. about winning. Oh, okay. It's about sending okay. a message. That's, okay. All right. Let, let me chump attack. Here you go. It's about sending a message. <laughs> Next question from at Allegris38. Uh, what was the first rare you remember getting? And then second question, what two-color pair fits your personality best? The first rare I remember playing with was, oh man, I can't, I can't even remember. Sometimes I didn't even knew these, know the cards were rare. Well, I started after the gold symbol, so it was easier on me. <laughs> you did? No, all kidding aside, what, did you really? Yeah, I didn't start. I know playing. we, I know we have the long, ongoing Theros joke, but was no, that... I didn't start playing till like uh, around Ravnica block, original right. Ravnica. So I had right. the the gold set symbols to know what was rare. But the first one I remember was Eon Storm, and I've talked about that before because it was the first deck I built around. But Eon Storm is the first rare I remember playing with and building a deck around. Yeah, uh, Richard was the big blue crab uh, with the six six. Like oh, I forget deep what spawn. it's called. Deep spawn. Is that is that was that a rare? It was. I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What's that? Is deep spawn from? Is that Fallen Empires? Uh, I think yeah, yeah. Ice Age, I believe. Ice Maybe Age, it's Fallen Empires, one of those. Yeah. I remember playing at uh, I, um, it wasn't like traditional. Like the when I first was introduced, like I was introduced to all those cards. It wasn't until after that I got into like, I guess, the more traditional Magic. But like they were just like slinging cards at the cafeteria and i remember i remember that card uh that was a rare right we'll call it a rare i'm pretty sure right. it's a rare. i'm pretty sure it's a rare yeah that's that's the one i first remember for me sarah angel is sarah angel even a rare was it uncommon it, it used it to was be a rare. rare it used to be rare so either it was sarah angel or uh who was it elder dragon was it uh via victus osmati i think it, it wasn't nickel bolus it was the oh, one where you can pump one? No, I think it, I don't know what color it was. It's the one that you can pump. I, I can remember the art. I have to look it up. But it's the one that you can pump with all three colors. Oh, uh, maybe the Jund one? Victus. Some, Victus. Yeah, yeah. Um, name, yeah. yeah. I think that was probably the first card where I'm like, wow, this card is unbeatable. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a much more interesting story. I, I remember going through a blizzard. Like the the first rare is like a little less exciting, but I remember going through a blizzard to go pick up uh, a prophecy intro deck. I think they were intro deck just to get Avatar of Might. Like, I remember walking <laughs> all the way into town. There's this little like stationary store that sold magic, and I remember going. It was like like literally just like snow like everywhere, and walk all the way back. Ways? Pretty much, it really was. 
no downhill one way uphill the other way but uh no it really was i i, I swear and i got oh, the them. stories of upstate new york magic <laughs> yeah avatar of might and i was like whoa this card is like and then i remember playing it like i couldn't even pay the mana for it <laughs> it was like eight mana because no one i think the i can't remember you the didn't one have for the avatar agreement of uh, four no attacks four, before you both reach eight mana yeah four creatures i think is four a creatures Your yeah it was a condition four more creatures yeah so i remember i couldn't even cast it <laughs> and i was like wow this sucks <laughs> like i can't right, cast best, it. best color pair to suit you uh blue blue <laughs> okay i don't know double blue, blue blue something i don't know what goes with it i like double blue, blue. black blue white blue red blue green i can't choose as long as there's blue i'm happy well as long as there's green i'm happy now normally it would be green red because i just love like super hyper aggressive decks but my favorite actual color pair is blue uh black green Ooh, me and chaz are the same black green mm, yeah has to Although, be. I guess uh, we should be playing standard then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with the black-green deck. Although, it's fallen off considerably. <laughs> Next question from at Plantrex7. Wizards is participating in E3 this year. What do you think they'll be there to promote? Digital Next? <sighs> it's gotta be, right? It like, has what to else, be. What else you is there? Yeah, Can you imagine they have like a big, uh, you know, and they're like... <laughs> Well, we implemented leagues on Magic Online. <laughs> no. <laughs> it has to be digital next because I don't even think they would they they wouldn't even reserve a booth. Now I don't do they they've normally not gone, right? Just so I'm yeah, getting that. I don't correct, think they right? ever have before, yeah. Um they can't just show up and here's like here's the next duels of the planeswalker. Like, woo. And I, then, actually, like, I think that's exactly what they're oh, that's what I was gonna say. Really? How do you everyone's doing like Here's like this next triple A title and all this other stuff, and like you go with duels. But no. I think it's like the the Magic Digital Next produ production of duels. Like that's my guess. Okay, I think that's got to be the first Magic Digital Next product that comes out okay. is a, is a new duel. So that's my guess. All right. I mean, Wizards is used to promoting with the big dog. I mean, they're at PAX. Right. I mean, they're still probably one of the smallest companies at PAX compared to the other AAA companies with big budgets. So they, they can put on a show. And E3 is more than just the big the big companies. Uh, they might have a little booth in the corner somewhere, but we'll look at the screenshots and complain about Magic Digital Next. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe we'll see something. Maybe we'll actually see the game. And I actually really like the last screenshot. So if they can just show me... You know, I don't know. Upkeep during you no know, during your draw step. Play Vendillion Click. If I, if I see that, <laughs> I'll be sold. <laughs> give give me a draw phase. Like a, a like an indicator comes up. Like you have a Vendillion Click. Do you want to play this now? <laughs> I I don't care. Just anything that shows me full <laughs> rules engine and not watered down magic. And then you know, I'll I'll throw my money at them. Literally at my screen. I'll just throw it right at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next question from a strange fish. What if all new cards were a bucket piece? What if wizards could sell any card by direct order for a dollar while legal? Uh, I don't. I think they mm. lose tons of money. Well, no, it would be all in wizards court. Well, it would be like Dominion or whatever, right? Where you just like buy a box and the box has like every card. Yeah. For that expansion. Um, man, that would be really awful to all these stores, but 
Mm, that's that's like a whole podcast almost. Uh, because then wouldn't they? Well, what would they sell it for? They're not going to sell it for like two thousand dollars, right? <laughs> They're going to have to actually lower the price of all of the cards down to a buck, basically, right? Well, right. Well, that's what I'm saying is that there's like, I mean, what would you be opening? I guess the store would just be a place to play. I mean, I guess that's what it is now because your product comes from wizards. <laughs> well, no, I mean you could sell it to the store at wholesale prices or whatever, right? Distributor prices. And then the store would sell it back and make profit, right? But wouldn't sure. Wizards lose out on a lot of money compared to having people play the booster box lotto? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they lose a lot of money in that regard. They made a compromise. What if not all products, but some products? Mm, like Pokemon has this, where they're like, this product is one specific card and a couple booster packs. So instead of pretending they're like dual decks and stuff, there's just like, look, this is ancestral vision box <laughs> and you get three packs of modern masters and an ancestral vision and then you sell that thing so right. they're, they're kind of printing cards and selling them directly but not exactly they kind of do that with promos though like have you ever seen at like walmart you get the three packs yeah. and uh, an angel of jubilation or like some they just do the it with promos bad random cards. right the promo is not they change that every so often, but it's it's the same promo for like six months or something. Yeah, and they, they seem random. One. They seem random, but but they're always really bad. Isn't that like going along the lines of like the barcode thing that people always talk about with the thing that Pokemon does? Well, the barcode is you just get. Oh, you just you get it online, right? You, um, you also get the card too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. Part of me tells me it'd be good, and then but I don't. I mean, there's just a lot of economic. Yeah, it's basically not a collectible card game anymore, but right. just a card game. Yes. Hmm. All right. Next question from Gabe WR. You have to unban three cards in modern. What do you choose? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> to not play into everything that's been happening the last few weeks, even though it happens literally every single time, I wouldn't unban Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> so there you go on that one. Um. I don't know. I don't even know what you unban on there. I, I feel like Stoneforge could probably come off at this point. I would unban Bloodbraid Elf, number one. Ooh. I would unban Jason Mine Sculptor, number mm. two. And I would unban is my third card a little more up in the air. There's two cards that I would like to unban, but I think they need a banning with them. Uh, one would be Stoneforge, but you'd have to ban Batter Skull. The other would be Green Sun Zenith, but you'd have to ban Dryad Arbor. That's I, well, that's, you think like Green so Sun Zenith would be good without? Uh, would it be too good without Dryad Arbor? I think when you, you have, have like Traverse Ubenwald, yeah, already like tutoring up stuff for one mana. I think without Dryad Arbor, Green Sun Zenith with the color restriction and the mana cost is like somewhat fair compared to Traverse Ubenwald. Oh, but you need Delirium for Traverse Ubenwald. You got to play Mishra's Bobble and Tarfire to get that stuff online. Uh, <laughs> That's that's true. I think Green Sun Zenith is too good. I don't think even if you get rid of Dryad Arbor, it's just. Well, what about what about Stoneforge without Batter Skull? Swords are too good. I don't think like most of the time your Stoneforge dies. You don't get to cheat the Batter Skull into play, but you did end up with a piece of equipment. And I, I think the swords are criminally underplayed in modern. So I actually think it'd be too good. I wish the swords were more playable. Plus, it, it has the like same we. It kills anything they can do because every time they print any legitimate equipment, they got to worry that Stoneforge can fish it out. Oh, man. Are they really going to ever top it's Batter the birthing, Skull it's and the Swords? And... 
Are you, what if they made a 10 mana equipment that you could equip for one? Uh, that Erebosa <laughs> Blinding Blade. Well, what if it's good? <laughs> Such that no, yeah. in with Stoneforge. You can do something useful. Your seven mana plus one plus oh. <laughs> well, what would you unban, Richard? I don't. What do you think about Bloodbraid as a Jun player? Is that, would that put it over That's the That's too top? good, I think. That's too good. I, mean, I can't see you anything could on unban here. Bloodbraid and Jace, but then everyone's forced to play jace or Bloodbraid or right. something insanely fast you kind of kill all the tier two decks because good luck beating a Bloodbraid elf you know into liliana or something or good luck beating a jace the mime sculptor if you're not going under him so it kind of restricts diversity in the format i think unless your answer card was like an artifact that everyone could play i i can't see anything on here that is safe to come off to Get be honest probed. Time to bring Gitpro back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about dig through time? Too good still? I think <laughs> maybe, maybe no, because then the, all the uh, yeah, like I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe even preordain over Jace, but just to like throw something out there. But ooh, preordain could be good. Preordain might might be able to come back. Oh man, Storm is already good. Is it really? Yeah, like, it's just the problem is all these uninteractive un decks are like already good against aggro. Just for good measure, ban another ritual and then unban. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> but how can you, like, everyone's saying Jace is safe, right? Yeah. Like, how I mean, is he's Jace safe, safe if you're playing, like, Death Shadow aggro, right? But so you can only play Death Shadow yeah, aggro I mean, to beat Jace. Good, goodbye, every other mid range slash right. control deck. Not, not playing Jace, right? Yeah. Maybe <sighs> really? twin? Twin? I don't know. No. Not Are you really twin. that worried about it from a jun perspective like would you yeah would, would you sort of win you oh my if you're playing jun yeah you're terrified of jace you're trying to play a fair game of magic and <laughs> yeah. no one no one out fares jace the mind sculptor <laughs> like you, you need to play yeah those yeah treetop villages or something to kill jace at this point oh <laughs> like wow jun how long has it been since jun played treetop village that, that feels like an eon ago I still play Treetop. I play one. Do you? you need it to, yeah, because you, you do. Lilies. You do need one. You, if yeah, they play you Lily minus two, it you activate. Whereas Raging Ravine, you can't get in there. Oh right, right. Yeah, I mean, but it kills your mana base because having that one green, just like only right. mono green land, is uh, suspect. Richard is right. The really what you destroy is all the fair decks in modern when it comes to Jace. You can't play a fair deck without playing blue at that point. Yeah, you have to play aggro or Jace himself. But now you can't play a fair deck with blue. <laughs> no, I think you can. You can. Of course you can. Eh, like what? Name one. I guess Bant Eldrazi, but that's not even really blue. Like that's that's a stretch to consider that a blue fair deck. How are Jeskai these Jeskai decks? decks? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, how are these Jeskai decks in these days? Uh, Let me see. Well, in I my store, everyone I, plays mid-range blue. Right, <laughs> everyone right, loves their I, blue. Saltai, Jeskai. Yeah, I mean, I don't look not too long ago. Yeah, there they are, the chess guy decks. Grixis Delver, that's been popping up. Uh, all right, all right. I still think Jace, I'm less confident in Jace being unbanned with Gitaxian Pro Ban because the format is a lot fairer now. When it was Blue Red Prowess, In Fact, Combo Death Shadow, when those were all the big decks in the format, I don't think Jace would have even been a, a playable magic card, but those decks have really taken a hit since the pro banning and they're much less important. So I'm more scared about unbanning Jace now than I was a few months ago with probe around. 
Ah, I can't. You can't have banjos. I can't. It, I, it's I like Emrakul. It's like Emrakul and standards. Yeah, you get around Emrakul by just playing aggro, but it completely just, invalidates every <laughs> game that's trying to go along. I just shake my head every time I see like Jace, the Mind Sculptor, and Safe in the same sentence. I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what these. Pe- I don't know what some players like. They really don't know what they're asking for. We need they to play really some legacy, don't. Seth. I, I need I need to show yeah. you <laughs> the power of Jays. All of his abilities are super annoying. Maybe our next uh, goat magic will figure yeah, out a way they, to do a Jace battle. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, you just play Jace turn four and you fate seal them and then you die." And I was like, "Oh, no." I will say that the, one of the biggest problems is it's it's very unfun. Losing to Jace is really miserable. You feel so helpless with your opponent fate sealing every turn and it takes so long like it doesn't kill you quickly like some planeswalker ultimates so I, I, the feel bads are another concern like if it somehow was of a similar power level but its ultimate just ended the game in a couple of turns instead of like seven turns it would be a lot more palatable i think to unban no, it, it feels bad because it feels like you can do something it's not like lantern where you know you're dead this you're like, well, I can crack my fetch after he fake seals, <laughs> but he's drawn like six cards off his brainstorm. <laughs> Plus, whatever you play is going to get bounced anyway. <laughs> so you you feel like there's something to maneuver. You're like, I'll craft the perfect hand. So when he ults me, uh, I, I'll have the perfect cards to beat him. <laughs> and then you, you end up losing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels like you're doing something, but you're not. That's And the then worst. all of a sudden you're taking like three damage from a Delver every turn. And then it's just like insurmountable. And you're like, oh. Oh, you don't need win cons with Jace, my friend. No, you All really you don't. play you don't. is removal and card draw at Jace. Yeah. And Jace is your way to victory. I, I think preordain might be the the best one, the best candidate. I mean, I was reading a lot about this, even I guess more recently again because it sparked the whole interest. But I, I think maybe preordain. I, I've read a good a good uh, argument for preordain. Yeah, I like preordain as long they should just ban the rituals. Like, what is the point of this? Every single time they need to make sure storm. <laughs> Is like slightly playable, but not too playable. <laughs> like this card literally just exists to do unfair things. Like just, just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, free yourself. Same with Dredge. These two archetypes always cause problems for wizards. They really do. They really do. All right. Next question. What are Chaz and Richard's worst decks? Like Infect is for Seth. This is from uh, Kyle Kyle O'Meters. Ooh. I'm not a very big combo player. I don't know what it is. I I just don't like combo decks. Like the like the I've never even touched like Storm one time. I always just feel like nah, I'm just gonna mess it up and this that and the other. Just give me like my robots or like just give me some some creatures to navigate. Like the most I think combo ish deck I would play is like Titan Shift or uh, or like yeah like Scape Shift or something like that. Yeah, I, I it seems like me and Chaz are the same people. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> green players don't like combo decks. I just don't like <laughs> combo decks. And no matter what game I play, no matter what I do, I always play the fair stuff. So every like video games, other TCGs. Apparently, yeah. I just play Jund and everything. <laughs> like, just give me yeah. the fairest fifty-fifty yeah. matchups, and I'll play. Them. <laughs> All right, like you're give, you're telling me I can have like a good percentage across the board. Like, just give me that. Just give me that. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Combos I don't understand. Even EDH. I feel so dirty every time I win with the combo. I'm like, this is this is wrong. I don't yeah, want to do cool. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from Colt 
45 is Modern Masters 2017 Wizard's Way of Testing Waters for Collection Devaluation in prep of the new Moto client axing value. No. no, I mean, no, I, I don't think that is we can argue like rotation changes that probably has an argument for that uh, treasure chest. But I think that Modern Masters 2017 is way down the list of is wizards trying to devalue the client for me. Yeah, I think the the better tinfoil hat theory is, is it a way of testing the removal of the reserve list? Mm. Right, because you're, 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 you're lowering everyone's value but causing hype and you know they could technically do that with the reserve list right at first everyone will be pissed but then people are like yeah dual lands dual lands are awesome right <laughs> so to me it's like a smaller version of the reserve list as opposed to anything crossing over Nomoto. sooner or later it seems like the potential money they can make by getting rid of the reserve list will just be too much for them to like withstand the temptation to get rid of it. Would I you think really buy dual lands though. Why would you buy dual lands? They just axe the reserve list. Magic is probably dying. <laughs> like, why would you go fork over a whole bunch of money for dual lands at this point? Oh, just cracking the boxes would be so sweet. They're gonna have new border, <laughs> new art. Oh, I, I don't know. I think it's best left, you know, in our memories, our childhood memories. The dual lands we never, we should have bought and hoarded, but we never did. Ah, uh, you know, at some point I'm going to need, uh, you know, more of these for EDH decks. So might as well just hand them over. <laughs> uh, next question from the fallen 3274. When will we get allied colored swords? What will they do? Never. Oh, really? That has to be another cycle. They closed, you know, honestly, it would have been a good, good to have swords in this recent block. That would have been cool. I mean, I love the swords, but Wizards hasn't printed even a halfway good equipment since New Phyrexia. <laughs> they, I think they're just return, burnt out on... return to return of New Phyrexia. We're going to get them. Trust me. I mean, is it even an unfinished cycle if it's five cards? Like, do you consider it an unfinished cycle at this yes. point? Yes. Yeah, because sometimes it you is. want other swords, <laughs> but they don't exist. Yeah, it's like I have black green. Like, yeah, I, I would love to see what like green red and all those like well, you know i don't know it if, just, I, if they if they do it i would guess another return to new phyrexia now i guess or mirrodin uh, like once we go back there and i expect they'd be pretty powered down compared to the old cycle which is why i kind of don't want them to do it like if you're gonna reprint the cycle you gotta make them good to be at least comparable to the old ones. And if you just make like call them swords a name and make them the same mana cost, but their abilities are horrible. I, I would rather just not have them print the allied cycle if that's how it's going to be. And actually, that's how I think it would be. Actually, you know what? If it means we have to go back to Meriden, you know what? Just, you know, you, I'll, I'll, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you can leave it unfinished. I, I'm so done with that plane. I'm done with it. I don't want to go back there ever again. <laughs> we can get sort of so, sort of smuggler's where yeah just give me <laughs> if you gets could flying and when it attacks you lose if you could tell me you could do it off the maroon and like merit and plane then fine but if we have to go back just to get the swords like i'm good with it fine oh okay. i'm uh, ready for my black green sword let's do it <laughs> i'm all black green sword sword oh wait True. no, no uh, feast and famine. famine is black oh, green. fast and feast and famine is black green what are you talking about is it? Oh man! You're talking uh, about green, red, green, white. 
blue, uh, white, blue, blue white, black. and blue black. And one more that we're missing. Right. Red. Uh, apparently, red, I know black. nothing. Red, black. Yeah, red, black. I just play the sort of light and shadow. Now you know what. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's a reason why no one plays them in modern. Now you just totally forgotten what they are. <laughs> Maybe that, just that like was the control player sword. I don't I don't like the blue untap my mana hold cryptic yeah. command swords. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question, Brett G. What are your speculations on foil dark intimations, considering Bolus's popularity and basic, basically guaranteed printing and Omnicat block? Oh, that card's so bad. Yeah, I, so bad. I don't think it matters how good <laughs> Bolus is. I think that card's likely still going to be bad. Unless there's some trick where the extra loyalty does something really crazy. I think like that's it. One loyalty lets you ultimate as soon as you play Nicole Bolas. Then maybe. Otherwise, the effect of that card is just not good enough. I don't know about foils, but I mean, they're really dirt cheap. Uh, I do think Bolas has enough hype surrounding it that not like it should be warranted, but could do something in terms of that. But I do think they, they there's going to be something interesting about that extra loyalty from that card. Wasn't Eye of Ugin basically one of these cards? There's only been one other like foreshadowing card, right? Card other than like the, the, the uh, you know, uh, oh, future site stuff. Was Eye of Ugin, right? Yeah. And then yeah, everyone was like, turned out to be so busted. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, oh, you know, what is this card? You know, what, what are Eldrazi? And then, you know, everyone kind of just forgot about it. And it was a mythic and it was like a throwaway. I remember it was just like a bulk. It was a, like maybe a couple of dollar card. Then literally Eldra <laughs> Rise of Eldrazi hit like two. S no, it was one set later. It was in World Wake, right? Yeah, it was one set later. <laughs> it just was like a $20 card like for no reason. Oh, I remember being so disappointed opening them because it made no sense at the time. Like We didn't even know what Eldrazi were. You'd feel excited about like opening a Mythic, and then it was this card that just made literal zero sense. Like You didn't know what it did. It didn't do anything at all. So it was, it was always awkward at that point to open them, but Sounding I those, don't know. Those foreshadowing cards, they're there for a reason. All right, that's all of our fish yep. meal for this week. Thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Yep. All right, uh, gentlemen. It's been a, a lengthy, good, hearty cast. Um, yeah, I think, uh, well, Modern Masters is releasing, so there's that. And then we have a few more weeks till Amonkhet. But uh, we will do this again next week, and I think it's a good place to leave off. So this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. We will see you all next time.